From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Before we get into the show today, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. And there is a lot of you. So thank you so much for all the support and always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I appreciate you guys. Love you with all my heart. Thank you for all that support. Today, we got a super stacked show for you guys, as always. We're going to be talking about last night's monumental Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about the wrestling from this past Friday, AEW Rampage, an historic WWE SmackDown, and a whole lot of news and notes. So, before we get into the show, make sure you follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're going to revamp the YouTube channel. There's going to be a lot of cool shit coming your way. Let's get into today's Super Stack show right now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for letting me into your morning routine. As always, I appreciate you guys. I know there's been a lack of shows the last couple days. Good explanation for it. But we'll get to that at a later time when we could talk about all the shit that's been going on with this fucking podcast behind the scenes. You know, we are going to be making the better changes. We're going to be more consistent. I can promise you that. I appreciate everyone who continues to ride with the rest of DeLorean. Thank you so much because without you, there is no us. You know, I do this 100% for my fans. I do this 100% for the people that hit me up and say, hey, you know, I don't watch Raw because I listen to you and you are good enough to bring me up to speed on what's going on. I do this for the people that hit me up on Instagram and say, hey, you know, I'm a huge fan of your show. I like this and that. I don't like this and that. The constructive criticism, blah, blah, blah. I'm a huge fan of people that follow me and know my actual life that's going on. People that know that I'm having a baby soon. People that know that I've been going through a lot of shit personally and professionally and you know people who've been hitting me up and constantly are there for me i appreciate you all you know shouts to all my fans shouts to everybody that's been reaching out shouts to everybody who's been talking about wanting to get things on my baby registry that is so fucking dope i appreciate you all and i love you all i got fans from all over the world mexico canada the philippines cambodia brazil chile germany ireland the uk the united states of course australia Russia, Taiwan, like, I'm extremely grateful for all that, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, today we're going to talk, well, we're going to start off the show, we have a lot of news and notes, things that I'm going to cover from last week that I didn't get to cover yet here on the show, it's probably been covered to death so far, but I want to cover it here on this show, so fuck you, anyway, and also, we're going to be talking about 
last night's monumental Monday Night Raw, we have a new champion. We're also going to be talking about last week's SmackDown Live from Madison Square Garden and AEW Rampage. So let's get into that right now. News and notes around the wrestling world. We're going to start out with Kenny Omega. He is now on top of the wrestling world. He is your number one in the PWI 500. Number two, Roman Reigns. It caused a lot of controversy. Who had the better year, Kenny Omega or Roman Reigns? A lot of people saying Roman should have got it. Kenny Omega said that himself. He said that it could have been Roman's year. It could have went either way. But it's hard to deny the fact that Kenny Omega was busting his ass in multiple companies, holding multiple titles this year. He's your mega campeon in AAA was flying down to Mexico, busting it in Mexico. He held the Impact Wrestling Champion for about six to seven months. He was busting in Impact Wrestling. Great matches and bangers against Rich Swan, Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack, Moose. And, of course, he's having a record title reign in AEW, having some of the best matches. Him and Christian Cage just put on a classic at All Out. His match against Pac and Orange Cassidy was phenomenal. Like, you, you got to give it to him. The guy has been killing it lately. Killing it. The bell collector has been killing it. So it's hard to it's hard to rank a guy who is number one just in his company when this, uh, this other guy is traveling all over the world and killing it. I mean, I understand where they're going, coming from. Like Kenny said, it could have gone either way. I wouldn't be mad if Roman Reigns was the number one. He's having one hell of a year. Shit, I wouldn't be mad if Bobby Lashley was number one this year. Bobby Lashley, finally the WWE champion. He's killing it. So, I mean, they could have went either way. So, I, people who are mad at Kenny Omega for being number one, I mean, that's a little foolish, right? Come on. Come on. This past week, it was announced that Triple H had to have heart surgery due to cardiac issues, and he had a successful heart surgery, thank God. Those cardiac issues are unknown. I am, re- I was shocked when I saw that. I One, I thought that was like a sick joke someone was playing. But, yeah, Triple H has some heart heart issues. And, you know, I, I made the joke online that, you know, he's heartbroken because NXT's changing and take it, being taken away from him. But all jokes aside, I, I really do hope that, you know, Triple H continues to live a healthy life and continues to be, you know, here in the world. Because the wrestling world needs a Triple H, you know what I mean? So I don't want to see a legend like Triple H go. Independent standout wrestler Lee Moriarty is now all elite. Lee Moriarty, the you know the Tiger style, he he's been busting his ass in AEW Dark. He's been busting his ass in the uh, Indies. Saw him wrestle in MLW. Saw him wrestle in GCW. Really a standout star right now in the Independents. He just signed with AEW. It was a really cool moment before AEW Rampage this past week. He gets a contract. He was publicly. Offered a contract by Tony Khan live on AEW Dynamite. Really, really cool stuff there. Congratulations to Lee Moriarty. WWE's main roster plan for Adam Cole. That that was news that took over the whole weekend. The WWE's main roster plan for Adam Cole was absolutely horrendous. So I guess this main roster plan was pitched when he had that meeting with Triple H. I mean, not Triple H, with Vince McMahon. Before that SmackDown taping a couple weeks ago. All I know is. If this was the actual 
thing that was pitched to Adam Cole, I see why it was an easy decision for him to leave and go to AEW. It was pitched to Adam Cole to be brought up to the main roster, not as a wrestler, but as a manager for Keith Lee, his rival on NXT. In what world does that make sense? In what world do you take one of the best wrestlers on your roster, Adam Cole, baby, and you make him a manager for Keith Lee, someone who he was feuding with? That shows that there's one, no continuity between NXT and the main roster, which they're probably going to try and fix now with the reboot. But two, it shows that they do not value good wrestling if you are a undersized, below 6'2", below 250-pound wrestler. It's a real shame. They, they wanted to go the Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley route with Adam Cole. That's like saying Shawn Michaels is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but we're going to use him just to be Diesel's manager. Maybe he'll wrestle once in a while, but he's going to be Diesel's manager. That will be like if AJ Styles, the best wrestler on the WWE roster, is just the manager for Omos. He's not his tag team partner, just Omos' manager. In what world does that make sense? And I wonder if this is why we continue to see Keith Lee not on television. Is it because... Is it because Keith Lee was supposed to have this direction, take this direction, and have a manager in Adam Cole? And then plans backfired when Adam Cole said, Nah, I want to wrestle. It's absolutely insane. And that is why the WWE was unable to re-sign Adam Cole. But someone that they did sign was Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson. Now, Gable is one of the standout guys in the Olympics. He was a standout in the Olympic wrestling team. Whether he has pro wrestling experience, whether he's going to be training in the Performance Center, I don't know. This was a cool signing. I was actually pretty hyped for that. Really cool to see Gable Stevenson signed with the WWE. I am excited to see what could happen. He says that he's not going to be like Kurt Angle. We're going to see what happens. Someone whose contract is coming up. There's actually two wrestlers whose contract is coming up in the WWE. One is Sami Zayn. I don't know if Sami Zayn plans on resigning with the WWE, but Sami Zayn, who has been pretty much in the same position for the last two years, does does he have a ceiling? Did he hit a ceiling? Is he going to continue to progress? Can we see a possible world title run with Sami Zayn? I don't think so. I think for Sami Zayn to, you know, better himself and continue to grow, he needs to move elsewhere. And I'm not saying Sami Zayn to AEW for everybody. Oh, you just an AEW mark. Uh. I'm not saying Sami Zayn to AEW, but I am saying that a company like AEW, a company like Impact Wrestling, a company that will allow Sami Zayn's creative freedom, you know, I think that that would be beneficial to Sami Zayn for him to continue to grow as a competitor, whether that means he's going to be El Generico once again when he leaves the WWE, I don't know, but I think that he needs to continue to grow. Another guy that his contract is coming up in December is none other than Johnny Wrestling himself from NXT, J- 
Johnny Gargano. If Johnny Gargano's uh, contract is up and he decides not to resign, it would make sense because this whole new direction of NXT, this whole new direction of the WWE, I don't see a guy who's undersized like Johnny Gargano getting a victory or getting a spot on the main roster. I don't see him getting pushed if Bruce Prichard has his grubby little paws all over NXT. I don't see this guy becoming more than what he is now, and which is a shame. Because Johnny Takeover showed that he is one of the best on that fucking roster. Johnny Gargano has put on some of the greatest matches in NXT history. Johnny Gargano has been part of some of the greatest moments in NXT history. He was a part of one of the greatest tag teams in NXT history. And right now we see a l- Johnny's in the background with this whole feud between him and he's involved with the whole Dexter Loomis thing with uh, Indy Hartwell. Does Johnny leave? Johnny's loved. Johnny's loved by Triple H. Johnny's loved by Shawn Michaels. But guess what? So was Adam Cole. And Johnny Gargano's smaller than Adam Cole. If Johnny Gargano gets put up on the main roster, if he leaves NXT, he's probably going to be a manager. That's what I'm saying. I really think that people like Sami Zayn, people like Johnny Gargano, are soon not going to even have a spot in this company. It's not, oh, are they leaving or not? It's about, hey, you don't have a place here anymore. Johnny Gargano would be you know, better off going to an Impact Wrestling, going to an AEW, going to a place where a guy his size is appreciated for his skill set, not for just being, you know, not being a big guy. Size doesn't always matter. Yes, you know, you got to have your over-the-top, you got to have your larger-than-life athletes, but at the end of the day, does that really matter when a guy is captivating the crowd? The takeover crowds when Johnny Gargano was at his highest was going nuts for Johnny Gargano. They fucking love this guy. So it doesn't matter that the guy is not larger-than-life. If the man could connect with the audience, that's all that should matter. Look at Daniel Bryan. Multiple-time WWE World Champion. Small guy. But he connected with that crowd like no one else. Look at Rey Mysterio. Small guy, multiple-time World Champion. But he connected with that crowd like nobody else. Shawn Michaels is not a big guy. Fuck. You know what people don't talk about? People don't talk about the fact that Ric Flair is not a big guy. And he's the greatest of all time. So for all the size matters bullshit... Oh, you're not a needle mover if you're not 6'5", 270? Like, that shit don't make sense. Because history done shown that your best wrestlers were not the biggest of guys. Stone Cold looks small standing next to Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold's the largest fucking merch seller, the biggest fucking wrestler in WWE history. Like, come on, man. This whole size shit. Like, and it's a shame because they could re-sign Johnny Gargano, but would Johnny Gargano be appreciated for the type of wrestler and abilities that this man has? I doubt it. 
That's why tonight's reboot of NXT is going to be very telling, and I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait to see what's going to happen tonight because it's going to be very interesting to see the new direction. There, There's definitely a lot of talent still in NXT, but who's going to get the push? It's not going to be the indie guys that are over 35 years old. And speaking of push... It's been talked about that they want the young athletes, the anti-indie guys. They want guys 6'5", 275. And someone that did not meet that mold was the world champion of NXT, Samoa Joe. Who, ironically, I don't want to say he's not really injured. But ironically, yesterday relinquished the NXT world champion. Samoa Joe relinquishes his title before the reboot of NXT. And tonight, we will be crowning a new NXT champion in the NXT title four-way between LA Knight, Tommaso Ciampa, Pete Dunne, and Kyle O'Reilly. Now, you know, if Samoa Joe is really injured, I do wish him a speedy recovery. He's one of the best in the world. But if he's not, and this is just to get the title off of him so we could have this reboot of younger, bigger, badder... That's really fucked up. That's very Vince Russo-like. And I'm not going to be happy with it. I mean, we'll see, but that really, really bothers me that Samoa Joe would have to relinquish his title because he doesn't fit the mold. Samoa Joe never fit the mold, and he's still one of the greatest of all time. So, there's the news and notes for the day. I can't wait to see what NXT brings tonight, what changes NXT has, because it's going to be very telling to see where the future is going to lie with NXT. They say that Triple H and uh, the staff that NXT has now still has control over it, but they're going to be overwatched by Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon. We'll see if Vince inserts himself in the creative like he does for Raw and SmackDown, but if he does then rest in peace to the identity that NXT created for the last couple years. We'll see what happens. When we come back, we're going to be talking about last night's Monday Night Raw and what was an historic title win. We'll talk about that when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, 
your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Last night was a historic, historic, historic title win for none other than Big East, who called this shot like Babe Ruth. Earlier in the day, he said that he intends on cashing in his money in the bank tonight on Raw, and he intends on winning the WWE Championship match against Bobby Lashley. Not only did he actually do what he promised, he did cash in the money in the bank. But like he said, he planned on doing, he defeats Bobby Lashley. He is your new WWE champion. Last night's Raw was a roller coaster ride, and we're going to talk all about it and what led to the historic moment of Bobby Lashley losing the title to Big E right now. Last night's Monday Night Raw was a very, very good show from Boston. The show started out with Big E promising that tonight, whether it's before, after, or during the Randy Orton Bobby Lashley world title match, he will be cashing in his money in the bank, and he will win the WWE Champion. And he did just that. Your new WWE Champion, now on the Raw brand, Big E. This was a huge, huge moment. The show started out with Big E coming out, saying that he was going to cash in. Bobby Lashley got in his face. Randy Orton comes out. Randy Orton out of nowhere hits Bobby Lashley with the RKO, setting up for their world title match tonight in the main event, Lashley versus Orton, which was tonight instead of at the pay-per-view. So before we get to that match, there was a lot of good action on this night. We had Charlotte versus Shayna Baszler, which was a pretty good matchup. Charlotte gets the victory as she defeats Shayna Baszler, leading into her match with Alexa Bliss. So Charlotte is defeating all these legit wrestlers, legit athletes, and she's going to be going against Lily and Alexa Bliss, I guess, at the pay-per-view. I'm not even going to talk about the whole Lily-Charlie gifting of a new doll to Flair. Like, fuck all that bullshit. But anyway... We had Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky versus Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders. I really like the team of Drew McIntyre and the Viking Raiders. I think they mix really well. I think they have good chemistry with each other. If WWE was going to have a trios title, a trios championship, I would love to see these three team up because that is a force to be reckoned with. I'm just not a big fan of Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky. I think that this is, you know, getting really played out with the McIntyre-Jinder Mahal feud. Like, fuck all that bullshit. Anyway, I hope this was the ending of it because McIntyre and the Viking Raiders pick up the victory. Damian Priest issued an open challenge that was answered by none other than the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. Damian Priest picks up the victory on Jeff Hardy. Let's talk about Jeff Hardy for a second. What is going to be Jeff Hardy's future with this company? Jeff Hardy was literally chasing around Reginald for the 24-7 champion last week with the rest of the jobbers, the job squad. This week, he's wrestling for the U.S. champion. Jeff Hardy is a legend. Jeff Hardy should not be running around looking for the 24-7 champion. Jeff Hardy should be upper echelon of your show. Jeff Hardy's not appreciated, and that's that's a shame. 
because the man should be appreciated. He is a former WWE champion, has more highlight reel moments than anybody else in WWE history. The guy, the guy's a former, what, like five-time TNA champion? He's on your roster. A roster that is severely lacking star power could use a superstar like Jeff Hardy. You know, you had him squash Karrion Cross, then you had him lose like 15 more times to Karrion Cross, who, by the way, was not even like on this show. But it's like, bro, bro. This start stop pushing, this, this, you don't know what to do with him. There's too many, there's too much talent not to have a direction on this show. You have three hours. You have three hours. And so many talents don't have a direction on this show, and it's a shame. But someone like Jeff Hardy should not be the job squad chasing around the 24-7 title. I'm happy that he lost to Damian Priest here, continued to build that Damian Priest character. But let's be honest, Jeff Hardy, at this time, I think he's done in WWE. It's only a matter of time before he leaves and joins his brother, right? Nikki Ash versus Tamina. A match that ended in controversy because a botched spot that led to the referee announcing that, I mean, the announcer announcing that Tamina won the match when in actuality, Nikki A.S.H. won the match. Even playing Tamina's music, it was very weird, very botchy. I don't know what the hell happened there. Rhea Ripley had a match against Natalia. Rhea Ripley won with the inverted uh, cloverleaf. We had a really good eight-man tag match. We don't see many eight-man tag matches anymore in the WWE. It was Omos, AJ Styles, Mason T-Bar versus Mustafa Ali, Mansoor, and The New Day. This was a really good match. All hell was breaking loose. Crazy-ass spots. A lot of action in here. In the end, the team of Omos, AJ, Mason T-Bar pick up the victory when Omos hit Ali with the choke bomb. Dewdrop picked up a victory on Eva Marie. Blah, 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 blah. The main event was Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley. And it was one hell of a matchup. These guys put on a show. It was really, really good. There was a a lot of crazy spots. A lot of moments here where I felt Randy Orton could have won the WWE Champion. I thought that they might have even went that route. I thought that they were going to go with the route of Bobby Lashley losing the title to Randy Orton. And then Randy Orton gets dropped by Lashley with the spear. And then Biggie he then cashes in there. I thought that maybe, there's so many ways you could go with this, but in the end, Bobby Lashley had yet another amazing title defense against a top WWE superstar, a legend like Randy Orton, and in the end, Bobby Lashley retained the WWE champion with a little help by MVP. After Randy Orton hit the RKO, MVP pulled him out, pulled Lashley out the ring, drawing Randy Orton out also to hit MVP with the RKO, Orton then returned in the ring only to be hit with another spear, Getting the victory, Lashley, one, two, three. It was then where Lashley continued his attack on Riddle and Randy Orton after the match eventually driving Randy Orton through a table. Bobby Lashley looked like a fucking monster during this. He hits, he puts uh, Orton through a table on the outside, gets back in the ring, Biggie's music hits, he comes running down, he keeps his promise, he cashes in his money in the bank. We have an impromptu matchup between Biggie and Bobby Lashley. They went back and forth. Bobby Lashley definitely was trying to fight for his life here. But in the end, the fresh Big E hit the big ending for the three. One, two, three. The Boston crowd erupts. 
insane, insane pop. Your new champion, Big E, he is only the third African-American world heavyweight champion for the WWE. Really, really cool moment. Congratulations to Big E. Well-deserved. Uh, ending to a pretty good Raw that took it to the next level. I gave this Raw a 4 out of 5 stars just because of how amazing this ending was, how great the show started, and the good action in between. It kept me intrigued for all three hours. See, if Raw was like this every single week, I wouldn't have a problem. If Raw was like this every single week, we wouldn't have an issue. Good, compelling television, good, compelling wrestling would always win you the night, in my opinion. I enjoyed this Raw. A 4 out of 5. Congratulations, Big E. We're going to now go into our wrestling DeLorean and start going back a couple days. Because we are going to be talking about SmackDown from Madison Square Garden and AEW Rampage when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. We're going to have to get into what was a great Friday night of professional wrestling. We had SmackDown Live from the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. We had AEW Rampage from Cincinnati, Ohio. Both shows over-delivered, in my opinion. I enjoyed SmackDown from the Garden. I thought that that was a really good show that was a nice treat to the fans, giving matches like Edge versus Seth Rollins, the big 10-man matchup. A great moment with Brock Lesnar and an even cooler moment with the, the Demon Finn Balor who is going to be going against Roman Reigns at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. I am extremely excited for the SmackDown brand right now. And then the night was capped off with what was an amazing hour of wrestling from AEW Rampage. We're going to be talking all about that right now. Let's start it out with SmackDown from The Garden. This was on 9-10, so of course we had a 9-11 tribute was really cool to see if you remember the first assembly public assembly after 9-11 was smackdown they put out a cool documentary during the weekend called never forget go out of your way to see that documentary on peacock really want to check that out 
Uh, SmackDown here started out with Roman Reigns. He comes out with the bloodline. He says that he runs the WWE, which means he runs New York, which means he runs Madison Square Garden. Then he tells the crowd to acknowledge him, which they do. The, the, the crowd was going absolutely apeshit for Roman Reigns here. And then Brock Lesnar's music hits. Brock Lesnar comes out. He gets in the bloodline's face. Paul Heyman asks Brock, why are you going after Raymond? Raymond. Roman. <laughs> why are you going after Roman? To which Brock Lesnar then gets on the mic and says, hey, Paul, why didn't you tell Roman I was going to be at SummerSlam? Inferring that Paul Heyman knew about it the whole time. This led to Roman Reigns and the bloodline backing off as Paul Heyman was in the ring. Paul Heyman then, he gets on the mic and he says that he is still the advocate of the Beast Incarnate. Brock Lesnar does the whole shtick. Brock Lesnar then gets on the mic and says, Before Roman fires you, Paul, accept my challenge, Roman versus Brock. And he said he gave him five seconds to accept it. Before he could, the bloodline does come back into the ring. They attack Brock Lesnar before he could hit the head five on Paul Heyman. Brock takes out the Usos. Roman Reigns retreats. Brock Lesnar looks like an absolute monster here. He stands tall. It looks like down the line. Hopefully sooner than later. Hopefully not in Saudi. We're going to be getting Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. That's going to be a hell of a match. A lot of cool action here. A lot of cool stuff. We had a huge 10-man match between everybody versus everybody, basically. Sami Zayn, who is the ultimate antagonizer, brought out Trey Young from the Hawks, who defeated the Knicks inside of Madison Square Garden. One of the most hated guys now in basketball, in New York basketball scene. He brought him out here to antagonize the fans. Sami Zayn, you're fucking gold. We had a great, great matchup between Edge and Seth Rollins, where this time Seth Rollins picks up the victory. Now Edge and Seth Rollins are 1-1, one and one, but what a treat to the Madison Square Garden crowd. And like I said, the demon Finn Balor is back. The demon is going to be going against Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. That's going to be good. It's going to be great. I just don't know if now's the time. And I'll tell you why. If we know we're going to be getting Brock versus Roman down the line, why would we believe that the demon could defeat Roman Reigns now? Why would we not wait until Roman was not in any other feud? Because right now, even though it's cool to see the demon, Finn Balor does look like an afterthought in comparison to the bigger feud going on between Roman and Brock. That's my only gripe. But I am always down to see the demon. We haven't seen the demon in a couple years. So really cool to see him back here. SmackDown was a really good show for Madison Square Garden. They always seem to go all out when they come back home to the Garden for these televised shows. I gave SmackDown a 4 out of 5 stars. I enjoyed every bit of that show. It's really cool because at this point now, we have a 4 out of 5 star SmackDown and then a 4 out of 5 star Raw. WWE's on a roll. We got the reboot of NXT tonight, so I hope to see more good WWE action. AEW Rampage from later that night's Started out hot with Pac versus Andrade. That was a really good match. Absolutely amazing. Crowd was going wild. Andrade picks up the victory with the help of Chavo Guerrero. After the match, Andrade did not like that Chavo helped out. So he took out Chavo Guerrero. Andrade dropped his own manager. He dropped Chavo. 
Now, it was reported by the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that it, this is leading up to the introduction of Ric Flair being Andrade's new manager. I think that's pretty cool. But the the team of Andrade and Chavo did not last long. I thought that we were going to get some legs with that. Let it breathe a little bit before we had the turn. But I guess this was the route. And then when they figured, hey, we could have Flair, they changed plans. But... Nonetheless, really good matchup between Pac and Andrade. Lived up to the hype for sure. Darby Allen and Sting are out. Tony Schiavone interviews them. Darby calls Sean Spears a generic piece of shit. Without Tully, he's nothing. Stingo, eh, Stingo. Sting goes at Tully Blanchard. He calls out Tully. Tully comes out while he's distracting Sting. Sean Spears attacks Darby Allen from behind. This week on Dynamite, we'll be getting Darby Allen versus Sean Spears. We got a video package and comments by Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. Then we got a really good tag team match between Rio, uh, Chris Statlander, and Ruby Soho versus uh, Rebel, Jamie Hayter, and Britt Baker. That was a really fun matchup. Ruby Soho picks up the victory for her team. And then in the main event, we got Brian Pillman Jr. versus Max Caster, which was a really good matchup as well. I think it's interesting because I thought the guaranteed main event for this show would be Andrade versus Pac, but I guess to get that SmackDown crowd that just finished watching SmackDown intrigued quickly, they throw out a really good matchup as fast as they can, and they let the show marinate. Because if I was booking this, I think if SmackDown's not on Fridays, and AEW Rampage was alone on Fridays, I think, of course, the main event will be Pac versus Andrade, and then opening matchup will be Pillman versus Caster. Being that you're trying to hook the fans quickly, you throw in that main event matchup first. So it's like Rampage is a backwards show in my opinion. But nonetheless, a really good matchup between Pillman and Max Caster. Both solid. Both are going to have a bright future in his business and in AEW. After the matchup, the acclaimed, they jump Brian Pillman Jr. in his hometown of Cincinnati. And so the other hometown boy makes the save. John Moxley comes out, takes out the acclaimed. John Moxley and Brian Pillman Jr. stand tall in Cincinnati. Really good way to end off the week in Cincinnati for AEW and end off what was a really good show. I give this show a strong 3 out of 5 stars. I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. I hope everyone tunes in tomorrow to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We will be talking about the reboot of NXT. We'll be talking about what we're going to see tomorrow from the Prudential Center, AEW Live. We're also going to be giving you the rundown, the news and notes from around the wrestling world. Thank you so much for following along. Thank you so much for always subscribing and being a part of the Wrestling DeLorean family. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean pod. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean pod. Make sure you follow us and subscribe to the YouTube channel. You don't want to miss out on that. We appreciate all the support. Love you guys. Check us out tomorrow here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Take care. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 